imagine sitting in the park in the heat Stomach empty, starving to eat Palms are sweaty, heart starting to beat About to get beheaded cause you didn't take the mark of the beast Bill Gates doesn't care about black teens He's trying to alter our DNA by giving us vaccines These elite Satanists are the psychoists They preparing our bodies to accept the microchip Can you imagine walking into a Wells Fargo Not being able to withdraw money because you ain't got a barcode your right hand or your forehead if you don't take the mark of the beast you're gonna fall to the floor dead head cut off bodies squirming our own government acting like nazi germans they want us to live in fear filled with uncertainty one world government under one currency i can categorically say that this is end times this virus is breaking us down just like an enzyme there's pedophiles leaving men and women childrenless these politicians are dummies and the devil's a ventriloquist Stemming from Epstein's Island Gavin Newsom ain't your governor He's a tyrant He took away everything That makes us happy and vibrant And put a mask on us To keep us silent Can you imagine sitting in the park in the heat Stomach empty Starving to eat Palms are sweaty Heart starting to beat About to get beheaded Cause you didn't take the mark of the beast Bill Gates doesn't care about black teens He's trying to alter our DNA By giving us vaccines These elite Satanists Are the psychoists to accept the microchip. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Josh and Jason Monday Christian and Conspiracy Podcast Show. I'm your host, Josh Monday. If you don't know me, I'm a Christian rapper, devoted husband, father, and army veteran. And I'd like to introduce you to my co-host. He's a Christian, devoted husband, and father. What's up, Jason? What's up, guys? Uh, we got our guest, Dave. He's on a ship right now. If, if he could do this podcast, then I guess I can go through with it, too. I had a busy day today, so let's <laughs> hope I don't get called out in the middle right here. All right, so we have uh, you know, our returning guest who always uh, keeps it biblical and is very, very woke on all these, uh, or awake, sorry, now woke is like a bad word now. He's very awake on all these conspiracies and also super awesome into the Bible, man, I love it. Uh, Dave Gardner, how you doing, Dave? Hi, Josh, Jason, it's good to be here and uh, good, good to be back. All right, so guys, uh, today we're going to be talking about Masonic influence on church doctrines, okay, guys? And also, you know, you can even say Illuminati influence or you could say Luciferian influence because at the top of Freemasons is also obviously uh, is Lucifer, you know? So um, I, I was going to throw out a few obvious ones, guys, that, uh, that you guys already know. Me and Dave kind of discussed it before. Um, I would think that some, most of you guys know. But, um, you know, an example of this on the on the uh, on the surface end, okay, guys, would be like Joseph Smith, okay. He was the founder of the Mormons, and he was a thirty-three degree Mason. Um, there, even one of their rituals to join the Mormons is like is what is a ritual of the the seventh degree. Uh, if you if you were in the Freemasons, okay, so that's like an obvious one to most conspiracy theorists. They know that. Another one I wanted to mention is Charles Tate Russell, okay. Uh, there was there was some documents that came out that I, that I that I came by, and also if you check out his tombstone, he he's actually the founder of the Jehovah's Witness. His tombstone has a pyramid uh, with uh, I mean a huge pyramid with a with the Knights Templar cross or the Rosa, uh with the cross and the crown and the Rosicrucian cross with the crown. Okay, guys, so that's kind of the the surface ones, and and what you see is 
they twist the doctrine up, you know, to a point where like, you know, like the Jehovah's Witness, for example, they don't celebrate the pagan holidays. So they do do stuff that I, that I would probably agree with. But as you get into the deep doctrine in your salvation, you see how they twist the doctrine. They, they say that Jesus is Michael, the archangel, or that he's a created being and he's a God. And they also changed like the word, you know, the John uh, 1, 1. Uh, there's just some stuff that they changed around. And, uh, and anybody that is a Jehovah's Witness that's listening, I'm not trying to offend you. And if that's your belief, then just keep studying the word. And, and if that's what you want to do, then that's up to you. I, I'm, I'm not trying to change your beliefs. I'm just telling you guys what, what I've observed so far. Okay. But um, so I, I want kind of Dave just to get into um, the, the stuff that's the deeper stuff, peel back the onion type of stuff where it's harder for us to realize as um. You know, it's the stuff that's not on the surface, the deeper stuff, you know, the doctrines that most partisans and Christians are, 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 are learning every day that, that got twisted a little bit on us. So, Dave, uh, go ahead and take it over, brother. Sure. Thanks, Josh. No problem. Um, so some, some of the more obvious ones, you know, those within uh, traditional Christianity, Orthodox Christianity, whatever you want to call it, biblical Christianity, uh, some of them are pretty obvious, uh, like the Mormons. Uh, but what do we trace this back to in the modern conspiracy? It goes back to where we kind of hit before in some of our previous episodes, the Adam Weishaupt era with uh, House Rothschild starting up there in the late 18th century. Uh, May 1st, 1776 was actually the uh, banner year there and date when uh, Weishaupt started the Illuminati there. And then they from there, they penetrated the uh, Freemason lodges of France and set off the French Revolution. Now, uh, Weishaupt redid the Protocols of Zion. So the modern day Protocols of Zion most likely are not written by Jews, but they're written by Adam Weishaupt. And uh, Adam Weishaupt uh, gave his some of his writings in these protocols to a professor in the UK named John Robeson, and I briefly mentioned his book in a previous episode too. He wrote a book called Proofs of a Conspiracy, and he wrote it in 1798, right after the French Revolution, and he published a lot of Weishaupt's writings. So we have those writings, and we have the plan, and the plan has been ongoing, and it's still going today, and it is a Luciferian plan. So the God at the top of Freemasonry is Lucifer, as divulged by uh, Albert Pike in his book, Morals and Dogma. I want to read a couple quotes from John Robeson's book uh, by Weishaupt. Uh, the first one actually is by Robeson. He says he's observed these doctrines gradually diffusing and mixing with all the different systems of Freemasonry till at last an association has been formed for the express purpose of rooting out all the religious establishments and overturning all the existing governments of Europe. So the old world system was overturned by this modern conspiracy. Mm -hmm. uh, the kings, the, the kings and that whole era of the cathedrals and you know the Tartarian empire, all that stuff is all old world stuff. And it was overturned by this modern day conspiracy. Mm -hmm. when you get a little further into his book, uh, he notes that Weishaupt had conceived a plan to, quote, make the secret doctrines of Christianity be received as the secrets of genuine Freemasonry. And so that statement uh, should 
should strike at every Christian. You know, what are what are they talking about? What is this guy talking about? And how is he trying to undermine Christianity? You know, part of it was what you mentioned before, uh, starting up all the cults and the isms that popped up in the 19th century. Mm-hmm. Um, another way they did it, and we touched on this briefly with uh, we covered the Jesuit influence of Daniel's 70th week being future. That was first conceived by a Jesuit, but then it was put into seminaries, modern seminaries that are pretty much run by the Freemasons. Um, most most of the Bible Belt pastors down in the South are Freemasons, also. Yeah. So, so, okay, so let's let's look at this too, guys. So, 1773, three years before Adam Weissup came out, the Jesuits were disbanded. Okay, so now now all of a sudden, Adam Weissup, his father was a uh, was actually a priest, right? And he was Jesuit trained. So Adam Weissup was Jesuit trained. So it's almost like uh, the Jesuits just basically, you know, were, were also involved in this. I believe in the Illuminati as well, starting that 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 version of the Illuminati. Uh, if you listen to our Gary Wayne and all these other episodes, you're going to find out that the Illuminati has been running for a lot longer than, than 1776. Adam Weissup is just, uh, it's a section that, that of, of the Illuminati that was like, um, you know, they put a spotlight on. Everybody knows that that's where they think that's where the Illuminati started. And, and, and it was that, which it was a faction and everything in it. And it is big, but I'm just saying, I just wanted to let you guys know that part, you know, so. I think it's 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 interesting. I mean, it's um it's important to know that 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 part as well. I heard I heard that they they uh, something like about that they worship Lucifer, not actually God. So when you ask them, they they worship the good Lucifer who was good because Lucifer didn't when he fell he wasn't he's uh he became our adversary, not a his name wasn't Lucifer anymore. So he, he is he is a light bearer. So they they use that as a front to to actually make it okay. I feel like, and also I've heard that the Rothschilds, their descendants are Edomites. They occupied the Jewish uh, homeland back that their uh, ancestors did, but their uh, descendants from Edomites are not real Jews. That's what I heard. I, I was uh, I was listening to Chuck Missler, and he was telling me uh, he was he was talking about it. Yeah, he was talking oh, about that. Said, that's why they that's why they could say they're Jews, but they are not Jews. They are the synagogue of Satan. So oh. Edomites are direct enemies of of the Jewish people. All right, but all right, let's. I'll say, all right, Dave, dig into the uh, go to keep yeah. going. That's interesting stuff, JD. That's that's crazy, man. That, yeah, and you guys are right. I mean, uh, Illuminism got its beginning in the Garden of Eden, right? You will, yes. you will be like God, and yes. so the modern modern day Illuminism is kind of what we're we're talking about here with the advent of uh, Adam Weishaupt. So uh, the Lucif- there's a Luciferian dialectic. And most people don't understand the dialectic. They just see the bad and they don't see the good. So you can view it like a checkerboard. Uh, The Masonic lodges all have the black and white checkerboard as their floor. Okay. So they're playing both sides of this dialectic. They control both of them. And And the worse they can make the evil and the bad side look the better their false light looks. Right. Mm. And so this, this dialectic, is in the Bible. We are warned uh, in a couple places, and I'll, I'll show you a couple places. Second uh, Corinthians chapter eleven, verse twelve through fifteen. Paul speaking here, and he says, "But what I do, that I do, that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion, that wherein they glory, they be found even as we." Right? Who's he talking about? 
for such are false apostles, mm. deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of the light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. So Paul's saying, Satan's apostles disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, we see the obvious ones uh, being a part of, uh, you know, evangelical America. We would look at uh, Mormonism, <laughs> Jehovah's Witness, Catholic uh, Jesuits, and say yeah. those are fake apostles of Christ, right? Yeah. But the closer you get to the truth, the harder it is to decipher, you know, the false light and the false apostles. And uh, some of them are stunningly uh, tricky. But we yes. can... We can unwind this trickery once we dig into the Bible and the covenants are, are the truth of the scripture because the covenants covenant just means promise and the covenants are the promises of God to his people. And so there's three main covenants in the Old Testament. I hit on these briefly before uh, and I'll do it again here in a second. There was one other verse I wanted to share on the dialectic that is very, very important today. And it's Revelation chapter 13, 11, and we're talking about the earth beast, the false prophet. It says, and I beheld another beast coming out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke as a dragon. Mm. So here again, you have the false prophet. He comes as Christianity. And yeah. the Geneva translation, I'm reading out of the King James, the Geneva translators actually translate this as the lamb. So the earth beast looks like the lamb, but he speaks like the dragon. Oh, so false Christ. Yeah. So either way, false Christ, false Christianity. Uh, So very, very deceitful. Mm. Um, So now on to the covenants. The reason it's important is because traditionally Christianity always viewed the covenants, the Abraham, the Moses and the David covenant fulfilled. Okay, and they view them fulfilled because they use the New Testament hermeneutic. Uh, Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. So he came along. He defined the covenants. He defined the promises. Nobody had a clue what the kingdom was until he came and explained it. And it was not what anybody expected. It was about remission of sins, reconciliation of iniquity and everlasting righteousness and everlasting life in him right? Mm-hmm. wasn't a physical geopolitical kingdom like they were all expecting. <laughs> they wanted him to have a, like a Solomon kingdom, like the biggest Correct. kingdom and be the richest and, 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 you know, and, and, and be the, like a warmonger and make Israel the best country probably ever, you know? Yeah. Like, he came as a servant. Yeah. He came as a servant and a, and a, and that's, that's not what they wanted. They wanted a, they wanted a, yeah, a warrior. They wanted a king. They've always wanted a king, man. Even since, uh, even Samuel and Sal, when they got Sal, he's not a, he was never, they were never wanted a king. God never wanted to give him a king because he was their king. Mm-hmm. And now they, uh, when they get one, they reject him. You know, it's kind of crazy. So I'm not going to repeat what we went through with, with other, uh, with the other stuff, but in the new covenant, if we define, the kingdom promises according to the new testament the new covenant um i'm going to hit a couple verses here uh hebrews chapter eight and it talks about a shadow and type of the old okay 
And here it says, for if Jesus were here on earth, he would not be a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law, who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, he saith, thou shalt make all things according to the pattern I showed thee on the mount. But now he hath obtained a more excellent ministry by how much he is mediator of a better covenant, which is established upon better promises. Uh, Hebrews 10.1, for the law, having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. Uh, Colossians 2.6, let no man therefore judge you in meat, drink, or respect of any holy day, or of the new moon, or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. So Old Covenant is a physical shadow and type, and the New Testament gives you your spiritual fulfillment. I went over a couple of these in our last episode with uh, Israel and Jerusalem, and I'm not going to do any of the verses. I'm just going to read the Old Testament shadow and the New Testament type. And you'll see, once I explain this, how the Freemasons, through the flipping of one of the covenants, flip the meaning of all this stuff. So Old Testament shadow and type versus the New Testament spiritual fulfillment in the Lord Jesus Christ. So Old Testament, you had a physical nation of Israel. New Testament, it's a spiritual Israel, all those in Christ. Old Testament, you had an earthly, physical Jerusalem. New Testament, you have a new heavenly Jerusalem. Old Testament, you had a physical Jew. New Testament, you have a spiritual Jew. Old Testament, you have the law of Moses. New Testament, you have grace and truth in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Old Testament, you had circumcision of the flesh made by hands. New Testament, you have circumcision of the heart by the spirit. Old Testament, you had a physical temple built by hands. New Testament, you have a spiritual temple built by God. Old Testament, you had a physical kingdom in the land of Israel. New Testament, you have a spiritual kingdom, and it's the whole earth. Old Testament, you had an earthly throne of David. New Testament, it's a heavenly throne over all heaven and earth. So uh, dispensationalism is a system that inverts everything and looks back to the old covenant shadow and type for the future fulfillment. Uh, now, how do, they, how do they do this? I hit this very lightly in our last session. But uh, I'm going to read from uh, the C.I. Schofield, Schofield Reference Bible. And this is in the introduction to the New Testament in the Schofield Bible. He says, can, therefore. One, one moment. Uh, so the Schofield Bible, uh, can you, can you, uh, that's, that's, what's the Schofield Bible? Can, I've never heard of it. So can you, can you go over that real quick? Sure. So uh, Schofield dispensationalism really got its leap forward by the Schofield reference Bible looks like this. Okay. Okay. The, the, it's a King James version Bible. And I think the first one came out in, I don't know, 1909, something like that. And then a revision came around 1920. Okay. And so he has specific notes in here so that you I can see. interpret the Bible. So he deciphers it for you. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, interpret okay. It for you. I see. Okay. Uh, but the key, the key here is uh, you have the Abraham, the Moses, and the Davidic covenant. The Abrahamic covenant is obvious. Paul tells us it's the gospel. 
and it's one seed, which is Christ. That's Galatians chapter three. The Moses covenant, we all know, is the law. Jesus came and he fulfilled it and abolished it. And the Davidic covenant is the promise of, of a king, a throne, a king, and a kingship. And we'll, we'll go through that in a minute. But I'm going to read what Schofield says in his introduction to the New Testament. Therefore, in approaching the study of the Gospels, the mind should be freed so far as possible from mere theological conceptions and presuppositions, especially as it is necessary to exclude the notion a legacy in Protestant thought from post-apostolic and Roman Catholic theology that the church is the true Israel and that the Old Testament foreview of the kingdom is fulfilled in the church. Do not therefore assume interpretations to be true because familiar. Do not assume that the throne of David, Luke 1.32, is synonymous with my father's throne, Revelation 3.21, or that the house of Jacob, Luke 1.33, is the church comprised both of Jew and Gentile. The mission of Jesus was primarily to the Jews. The doctrines of grace are to be sought in the epistles, not the gospels. But these doctrines rest upon the death and resurrection of Christ. So what Schofield is saying here is church taught for 1900 years that the Davidic covenant was fulfilled, that the kingdom was fulfilled in the church, and that David's throne is the throne, the eternal throne on heaven. So he says church taught that for 19 years. Uh, just put that aside. Ah. And it's no big deal. Now, by doing that. He's actually, he's actually convinced, he's like basically brainwashing your mind controlling you just a smidge to, to just, to, you know, to, to eliminate that. What's the guys, is, is that gentleman, uh, have you researched that gentleman that wrote that? Is, is he a, is he like a, a Freemason? Is he a mate? Is he a, is he a Jesuit? Anything like that? Do you know? So, well, yeah, I, I read a whole book on him, but to cut okay. it short, to cut it short, he was, he was an attorney. And he, he ran around with D.L. Moody. But anyway, he, he, he ended up pastoring a church in Dallas, Texas. And the guy that learned underneath Schofield was uh, Francis uh, Schaefer, which was the guy who started Dallas Theological Seminary, which is a total Freemason seminary. So Dallas Seminary and Moody Bible Institute are two big hubs of dispensationalism. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of people that don't even think that Schofield wrote this stuff. They think that it came from the Jesuits or, you know, and, and they propped him up just like they propped Billy Graham up, you know, they yeah. told the newspapers, build this guy up. So any guy that makes it mainstream on news, on TV, stuff like that, that gets built up by people outside the church is uh, usually a false teacher. And yes. uh, you know, so guys, let's, let's just lay it out there real quick. Okay. Uh, I'll, we'll just, I'll just straight say it. Um, so Billy Graham, uh, all respect to everything he did, all the all the all the souls that he saved. Okay, that's that's totally different than what I'm about to say right now. Um, as he was explaining, he does. They do. They prop you up. They allow you to go all across the world. Um, it's it's actually Christianity, or it's God versus the devil, or it's us versus the world. The world when they accept somebody as a pastor or preacher, something has to give. So he had to give something up for that. Um, and Billy Graham, for example, if you guys do some, some research and studying, 
no offense to your family, Billy Graham. I know he, our, the Graham family. I apologize if anybody gets offended by this, but he was actually a 33 degree Mason. Okay. There's people that, that got out of the Masons and said that Billy Graham was actually there when they got initiated to the 33rd degree level. Also, you're going to see a lot of stuff for Billy Graham was uh, going out and, and, and golfing with Richard Nixon and all these big people and, and he, all this money he had coming in. So, you know, guys, all the souls he saved, I know that all that is, I'm not trying to, to say anything, put it spread, put any like bad light on that. All that stuff is awesome. But as Dave is saying, when, when they prop you up and they put you in these big stadiums and, and, you know, Astro stadiums, like, you know, Joel Steens and all these people, you know, something gave, they must've given something to receive that. I believe, I don't know, Dave, does that make sense? No, that, that makes perfect sense. And my parents took me to a Billy Graham crusade uh, back in the 1980s in the Tacoma Dome. So I've been to one. <laughs> yeah. And, and he, he, was a, he used to be a powerful speaker, man. He used to, he could. It was beautiful. No, no offense. Say the word, man. But it's like, like, like they said, in his younger years, he was, he was preaching the cross. And then once he got kind of like up later, later, later on, he just started, uh, you really didn't, uh, you didn't stay the same, I don't think. And and yeah, he was pretty famous. And then you got like guys like uh, what's the other guy that that's kind of a oh, man? I can't remember his name. Well, he does, we got, the, he does the Harvest Crusade and stuff like that. Uh, uh, oh, you, are you talking about? Uh, oh my goodness, how can I? Yeah, that, he was like his understudy. That guy used to like study under him. He wrote a book about him, all this stuff. And yeah. it's like, man. Uh, and I listen yeah. to him sometime on the radio, and some of the stuff he says is like, man, I don't like, I, I don't agree with. There's like uh North or there's Norman Vincent Peel. He's another one that uh he's like the he's he's a 33 degree Mason and he he was and uh he was more like the positive affirmation uh visual visualization you can get it type of guy. Uh Robert Schuler. Yep. Uh, there's a lot like Dave was saying like I mean 70 70% they say of the Southern Baptist preachers are are Masons. And guys I mean, I, we already did a show on the Masons like, that the Freemason is a religion, you know, and the religion is Lucifer at the top and it's all Gnostic. It's all Lucifer is, is, uh, was the one giving us knowledge and, and, and God is, is the bad guy. You know, God is the devil to them. So it's, it's just totally opposite, man, and, and inverted. But go ahead, Dave. I'll, I'll let so, you keep going, man. I'm sorry. Right. So, so Schofield, I'll get back to his stuff. Now, yes. not a lot of people like you guys go to Calvary Chapel. I went to a Calvary Chapel for years. I never heard them teach dispensationalism, right, as a as a topic like they do in independent fundamental Baptist churches. But uh, the key is this is this is at the root of dispensationalism. So you cannot have the church in Israel separate without denying the Davidic covenant. That is that is the the rotten root of dispensationalism and that system. So. With it goes the kingship of Christ and the kingdom of Christ. They say it's postponed, Clarence Larkin, uh, another guy, and, and C.I. Schofield, they say the kingdom's not now, it's postponed because David's kingdom is here on earth. I wanna, I wanna share with you guys uh, a very famous sermon from Peter in Acts chapter two. This is at Pentecost, okay? And the main topic of his sermon happens to be the davidic covenant so you get the big three of the gospel now billy graham could preach the cross till he's blue in the face and it can sound really good but is it the whole gospel so that's the problem is they're com com you know they're make they're breaking it into components and only teaching two of the three components yeah. so you can you know christ now you're going to hear from peter 
all the components and okay. everything that's fulfilled. And I'm only going to read half of his sermon. I'm going to start in Acts chapter 2, verse 29. He says, men and brethren, let me speak freely unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried and, and in his sepulcher is with us unto this day. So he's saying, hey, he, we know he's over there rotting right now. So therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn an oath to him that the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He seeing this, therefore, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither did his flesh see corruption. So I want you to see that Peter ties Jesus being raised to sit on David's throne with the resurrection. Those things are combined to Peter. And this is at Pentecost, the first sermon given to Israel in Jerusalem after the Holy Spirit has been poured out. So. He would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this, therefore, spake of the resurrection of Christ. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being at the right hand of God, exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this, which you now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, and he's going to quote from Psalm 110, the most quoted Old Testament scripture by the New Testament authors, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. So Lord and Christ are titles of Jesus. Jesus is his name. Christ and Lord are titles. Yeah. The title of Lord goes with the Davidic covenant right out of Psalm 110. So dispensational people, they may be saying Jesus is Lord, but then they're denying the Davidic covenant. They're denying he's on the throne. They're denying his kingdom is now. And Peter is telling all of Israel right here in Jerusalem, he's on the throne on high. It's a fulfillment of the Davidic covenant. And the proof is the Holy Spirit was gave, given from the Father to Jesus and poured out. So fulfilled. And then you will see that theme pop up. Paul, Paul quotes from Psalm 110 many, many times. I won't go through uh, all the passages, but uh, I'll, just, I'll just name them out if you want to jot them down. Well, Here can, I ask you, can I ask you one question real quick, Dave? What yes. is your, what's your denomination now? Uh, Non-denominational. I'm just a Bible believer. I'm going to awesome. take the, the Bible wherever it takes me. But I like that. Uh, I, I find myself lining up more with uh, there. There are there is a group called New Covenant Theology. Okay. And so and it it's just purely because you have dispensationalism, you have covenant theology. Covenant theology gets the covenants right, but then it goes a little bit too far the other way. Yeah. So I, see, I know, you know stuff like that back, happens. Yeah. <laughs> just baptism, you know. So why don't we just stick away from the any system that man makes may start out well and eventually gets corrupted by some man or some doctrine down the line. So yeah. Protestantism had a good start at the Reformation and had a couple, a couple hundred year good run. And then you started to see these things start to creep into Protestantism, like dispensationalism, yeah. like, uh, you know, the Charismaniacs. Well, the Jesuits have always been enemies of the Protestants, right? And then all of a sudden they infiltrated yeah. us and, and, and it just makes it, that's what happens. I right. think that 
the Jesuits and Freemasons, like you said, they get involved and the devil, which that's who it is. It's the devil, man, giving us 90% truth and 10% lie, man. Right. So let me explain how the Davidic covenant works a little more, because when you say the Davidic covenant is fulfilled, it means that the church is Israel and the church is the product of the kingdom. So they took it and they said, no, it's not fulfilled. It's future. It's a future fulfillment around an earthly Israel. And then Rothschild had set up an earthly Israel so that they can set the deception with the doctrines. So now you have an earthly Israel that they can have a future earthly kingdom. And they say David's throne is there. So now they've moved the throne from heaven where Peter says heaven. David also does in Psalm 89 that it's a heavenly throne for the Messiah and they move it to the earth. Well, if that happens, then these guys can fulfill it with their Luciferian doctrine. Now, what most people don't realize is the dispensational narrative of this coming antichrist and this tribulation. This is the dark new world order. This is the great reset agenda. This is agenda 2030 agenda 21, whatever you want to call it. It's all the same thing. Yeah. And they've made it obvious enough that millions of people now see it. Back 20 years ago, very few people saw it. Okay, so they're coming out of the woodwork right now. And it's white squares versus black squares. So the Great Reset is the black squares. It is Satan. It's satanic and it's obvious. Okay, the false light of Lucifer is what people don't see. Lucifer runs the truther community. Okay, he's in charge of the truther community. Those are the apostles of false light. It's more, the, the, the truther community is almost totally new age. And I, I know you guys have probably figured that out. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. man. Like, I mean, like, here's what, yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to go off subject, but man, you, you're going to find that out, guys. You're going to, you're going to hear uh, someone that has all this knowledge and you're going to get sucked in and like, uh, you know, the Jordan Maxwell or David Icke, or uh, you're going to get sucked into these people. And, and then all of a sudden, as soon as they start talking about the theology, they take the, the Bible, they take uh, everything like the S, you know, the S O N, the sun, they turn it into the S U N, you know? Uh, and and they, it's just, they just try to, they just, they try to mix up your mind on, on the biblical part. So yeah, it's all new age and it's all Lucifer, man. I, I agree for sure. So what a lot of people don't realize about Freemasonry is what's at actually at the center of Freemasonry. We know all the crazy stuff and, but people don't realize that, what they teach most of the guys there, what's at the center of it is probably going to shock you. It's, it's actually rather biblical. I'll, I'll read it to you. I get this right off a of Freemason website. Okay. Freemasonry, Freemasonry makes good men better by learning and living by God's commandments, which were in the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant is the light within King Solomon's temple, King Solomon's temple, big Masonic symbol. Yeah. While the spirit of the man is light, housed within his body the light that emanates from the ark of the covenant is central to the foundations of freemasonry so there you have it the ark of the covenant and the ten commandments are the center of freemason now what is that stuff it's the curse right it's the curse of law yeah so they want to they want to take you back under the curse where we have grace and truth in jesus christ right so we've been freed from that curse they're putting you back under the curse any system that judaizes and tries to drag you back to the old testament whether it's hebrew roots or or whatever i i now look at dispensationalism which i was one for for over 40 years 
yeah. I view that as Judaizing system, right? Yeah. Mm. So, um, also, it's it be, it becomes a works. It's like a works based uh, system that they have as well. So that's why they talk about the Ten Commandments because you're you're basically back to the works based system because there's no grace. There's no nobody died on the cross for you. Uh, you you know, so you're just basically trying to be good and good and good and good. But I, as Dave knows, and Jason knows, we talked about it as you get up the ladder and then you go from the 32nd to the 33rd degree, you're going to find out that it's Lucifer at the top and you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to bend, you know, bend the knee to him instead of uh, that following any yeah. 10 commandments. <laughs> so. Whoever, te whoever teaches that never read the, the sermon on the Mount where it's like uh, the, the Ten Commandments on steroids, where it's like, if you read that, it's like, you're, you can't achieve that stuff. There's no way. Anytime you look at something, you're, you're coveting it. It's like everything, everything you do is basically a sin. So it's like, you gotta be, you gotta be on point and on game. You can't teach something that's in the Old Testament. You can't teach, cause that's the Old Testament. If the New Testament is because the testator died. He, 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 he bared all the sin for us. I don't know what that's. I never thought about it that way, Dave. That's a good point. They're teaching you put you underneath the old test, uh, the old testament law. You 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 get cursed by that stuff. Like I know there's some people that like circumcise their kids and they think they're uh, they're they're going underneath the old law. It's like, well, <laughs> you cannot achieve the law, man. You you cannot. There's no. It was put there for you to understand that you will never be able to do it. And it's it's the only way now is through Jesus Christ and and believing in Him. And that he died on the cross and he, and he was resurrected and born again. And, bo and you got to be born again. You, like you said, you got to have the circumcision of the heart. You got to be, uh, man, Dave, that was a good point. I never, I never thought about it that way. Man, good. I never seen that before. Cool, man. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. All right. Wait, way to encapsulate it there. So he died on the cross, rose from the dead, ascended to the right hand of the father where he's uh, ruling and reigning over everything. So his kingdoms now, his kingship is now, and uh, we are all subjects uh, in his kingdom. Um, and that's what uh, dispensationalism wants to separate gospel to kingdom from the gospel of grace. And uh, Paul in uh, Acts chapter 20, he, he flat out says, he makes a statement and, and he says, uh, but none of these things move me, neither I count my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received in the Lord Jesus Christ to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that you all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. So Paul interchangeably uses gospel of the grace of God and the kingdom of God in back-to-back -back verses interchangeably. And dispensational teaches us that those are two separate things, kingdom of God that's that's future. Uh, we're under the period of the grace. Um, Paul in Acts 28, he says uh, he spent two whole years in his hired house receiving all that came mm -hmm. unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. Uh, Colossians 1, 12 through 13, giving thanks unto the Father which made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Uh, okay, Dave is also, are you, are you saying that the, uh, that the devil is, 
is at the point where the devil got let loose and like we're in that thousand years where he gets to tempt everybody is that is that what you're saying and then and then jesus is, is reigning for that thousand years of peace or or or, or is that still dispensational am i still thinking like a dispensation well, yeah a little bit a little bit you get yeah. the thousand years from revelation chapter 20 and it doesn't yeah. say peace it just says he reigns right okay it doesn't say on earth it just says he reigns, right? And the devil's bound for a thousand years so that he can't go out and deceive the nations. And I covered oh. some of the Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20 and Acts chapter one, verse eight, Jesus says, all power in heaven and earth is given to me. Now go out and make disciples of all men. Jerusalem, start in Jerusalem, Acts 1, 8, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost ends of the earth, right? So that, that happened at the first advent. And I do think that he has been let out. And I got another quote here from another guy. If we have time, we'll get to it. I wanted to finish up uh, what Pike said about Freemasonry here. Well, let's go. Let's go. And he says, and this is a little bit of the checkered floor dialectic. He says, we spend an enormous amount of time ritualistically, physically, and symbolically learning about King Solomon's temple and have grown to symbolically treat the symbol of the Ark of the Covenant as equally as we treat the mosaic pavement, donating good and evil on the floor of the temple. Um, masonry, like all religions and all mysteries, hermeticism and alchemy, conceals its secrets from all except the adepts and sages or the elect and uses false explanations and misinterpretations of its symbols to mislead those who deserve only to be misled to conceal the truth, which it calls light, and to draw them away from it. Mm. So uh, that's that's some pretty uh, scary stuff because we we think Luciferianism is Satanism, and, and it's not. It's false no. light. No, so yeah. they make the evil really evil so they can usher in their their good stuff and and be made to look that, good. That this is a good point. The Satanic Church guys, when you see the Satanic Church or something like that, it's what they do is. Um, They'll go into schools and say, hey, I want to have Bible studies, too. It's like a little tiny sect trying to agitate the church. And it's not that the Luciferian, which we can obviously see if, if, if you're, you know, if you're a conspiracy theorist or if you're a truther or if you watch, you can see that the Luciferian is, is what it's what's over the whole entire everything that's going on. Entertainment, uh, you know, obviously, we know if you look into you know, black nobility, the queen, uh, royal messianic uh, bloodlines, all this different. That's all Luciferian and also Freemasons, Jesuits, um, Committee of 300, uh, Council of 13. As you go, it, you know, Satan's at the top. And, and I do believe, I don't know if you believe this too, Dave or Jason, but I do believe that that Satan, uh, just like in, um, you know, angels, they come down in physical form in the form of a human. Uh, Hebrews 13.1, you never know when you're entertaining an angel. I believe Satan is coming down uh as a form of a human and actually ruling over these uh committees and councils and black nobility i think that he is uh sending these agendas from the top that's that and fallen angels as well that's what i believe well i can't uh disprove that biblically and i can't prove it biblically but yeah. I, that is a really good hunch and i think uh second thessalonians chapter two the man of sin the son of perdition i think that is one spot where you could advocate for an individual uh, having Satan indwell them. Mm -hmm. And I think, and I hope we have time because I want to get into Pike's letter uh, about the three world wars. And we could probably do a whole episode just on this, but it goes hand in hand in what we're talking about. 
Um, before I close out on the Davidic covenant stuff, I just, I just wanted to let everyone know, we all know this verse, Romans 10, 9, right? You confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, Jesus Christ is Lord, and that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Everything is in those titles. Jesus Christ is Lord, okay? And you go back to what Peter said in Acts chapter 2, this same Jesus whom you crucified, God has made him both Lord and Christ. The Lord is his title from the Davidic covenant, right? From Psalm 110. So it is as simple as believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. They, but they took that Davidic covenant and they inverted it and they took, the, they took him off the throne and made his kingdom postponed in future. So they may say, Lord, Lord, with their mouth, but in theology, they took him off the throne and they took that title away from him. Mm. So Matthew chapter seven, right there at the close of the Sermon on the Mount, Jason had mentioned the Sermon on the Mount earlier, that, that's one of them. You have all these false converts saying, Lord, Lord, we did all these wonderful things. We preached and did miracles in your name. And he will say, depart from me. I never knew you. Um, there are two verses that are uh, warnings against oh. this, this Lord. First Corinthians 12, three, wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking in the spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed. That's the cursed Jesus, not the exalted Jesus. And that no man can say Jesus is the Lord. Davidic covenant fulfilled, but by the Holy Ghost. So that's 1 Corinthians 12, 3. Jude chapter 3 and 4. This absolutely applies to these free Masonic seminaries and pastors right here. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, which is, you know, kind of like a sexual uh, immorality basically and denying the only lord god our lord jesus christ mm. so they're denying the only lord god they're denying mm. the davidic covenant so those are two big big warning spots in, in the new testament about that um now pike you guys have you guys heard of pike's uh letter to mazzini it's a famous uh, letter about three world wars in 1871 he wrote no, it never heard that <clears throat> so a lot of people think that it's total uh, made up forgery, right? Uh, a guy named Commander William Carr, he wrote a series of books back in the 1950s. And I think he died in the 1960s. Uh, he wasn't even that old. I think he was in his 60s. Anyway, he quoted from that letter in the 50s. And he said it was on display at a museum in London. Uh, from back in the 1930s, and he quoted from a book in the 1920s that quoted from the letter. Uh, but a lot of people will say it's BS because they because it because it calls out the history before it happened. So this letter was in 1871 by 33rd degree Mason Pike. Now Pike had been elevated to the number one guy over all Freemasonry in the entire world at this point. And he spent quite a bit of time working on this letter. So I'll read it real quick. It's super short. So good. Let's do it. He called out three world wars, right? Yeah, we can't do an episode about Freemasonry and not talk about Pike and his three world wars. Oh, for sure, man. (laughs) (laughs) The first world war will be brought about in order to permit the Illuminati to overthrow the power of the czars in Russia and making that country a fortress of atheistic communism. 
the divergences caused by the agentor, agents of the Illuminati, between the British and Germanic empires will be used to foment this war. At the end of the war, communism will be built and used in order to destroy the other governments in order to weaken the religions. Remember, Weistop's plan was to abolish all religion and forms of governments, which at that time was kingships. Uh, the Second World War must be fomented by taking advantage of the differences between the fascists and the political Zionists. This war must be brought about so that Nazism is destroyed and that political Zionism be strong enough to institute a sovereign state of Israel in Palestine during the Second World War. International communism must be strong enough in order to balance Christendom, which would then be restrained and held in check until the time when we need it for the final social cataclysm. Okay, now his third world war, he says, must be fomented by taking advantage of the differences caused by the agent tour of the Illuminati between the political Zionists and the leaders of the Islamic world. The war must be conducted in a way that Islam and political Zionism, the state of Israel, mutually destroy each other. Meanwhile, the other nations, once more divided on this issue, will be constrained to fight to the point of complete physical, moral, spiritual, and economical exhaustion. We shall unleash the nihilists and the atheists, and we shall provoke a formidable social cataclysm, which in all its horror will clearly show the nations the effect of absolute atheism, origin of savagery, and the most bloody turmoil then everywhere the citizens obliged to defend themselves against the world minority of revolutionaries will exterminate those destroyers of civilization and the multitude disillusioned with Christianity whose deistic spirits will from that moment be without compass or direction and anxious for ideal but without knowing where to render its adoration will receive the true light through the universal manifestation of the pure doctrine of Lucifer finally brought out in the public view. This manifestation will result in the general reactionary movement, which will follow the destruction of Christianity and atheism, both conquered and exterminated at the same time. Mm. Now, I believe that this third world war is biblical and it's gonna unfold as exactly found in the Bible. Uh, these guys, if you go to Revelation chapter 17, they, they, God put it in their hearts to burn the harlot up, right? Devour her flesh and burn her up with fire because God hath put it in her heart to fulfill his will and to agree until that's done. So this is, this is the burning of the harlot system. Now, if you go back to the dialectic that I explained earlier, the black and white squares, the obviously obvious evil and the false light, that's the, that's the dialectic that they're playing. They created communism. They created atheism. They, Wall Street bankers funded the Bolshevik revolution, right? Mm -hmm. Overflew the czar, murdered his family, and took everything from that country. Wall Street funded the communists. Mm -hmm. So this Russian-Ukraine thing is just puppet play. Of course. You know, Putin's their puppet. They own these countries. And the COVID pandemic should make that obvious even to anybody that hasn't studied this stuff. Yeah. All the world's governments... All the world's media, mainstream media, are all in lockstep unison agreement. So they already have control of all the countries. They're playing this dialectic. So the average person 
doesn't know where to turn. They think Russia's the it's enemy. Like they put a trick. They just they just have a trick over here. Everybody's watching this while they're doing all this stuff over here. So well, what, well if you think about this, oh sorry, Josh, go ahead. Go Real ahead. quick, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Real quick, dude. World War One, guys. Think about this, okay? Uh, Gavrilo Princip, a Bosnian Serb nationalist, member of the Serbian Black Hand Military Society, assassinated Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Okay, guys. So this is World War One. What you guys got to look into, what is what was that gentleman? Uh, that gentleman said that the assassin, which his name was, uh, the assassin said there was a Freemason hit out on his head. So uh, on uh, on Archduke, uh, Archduke Franz Ferdinand's head. Uh, uh, so, um, you know, as as you get dig deeper into it, uh, some people say that the Black Pope uh, ordered this hit. Uh, I honestly, I, I'd have to look more into it. I don't want to say that for sure, but um, so there was a Freemason hit on, on that gentleman's head. And, and that's why that gentleman said he did it. So um, that's pretty interesting that that's world war one. So uh, that Freemasons were maybe involved in ki- kickstarting that, you know, and uh, go ahead, Jason. Keep going. I was going to say like, like you were, we uh, just said something about COVID, but if people understand that, that, that the media and all this stuff, like, cause I always go back to Yuri Bezmenov and I, always, I know I always quote him and stuff like that, but this stuff sounds like subverting and, and, and uh, they change, they, they demoralize the country, they get rid of God, but what happened to COVID? This is how, this is why people don't look at it. Like what happened to it? There are people lining up to get tested. There are people doing it. Where is it at now? It's all about Russia, Russia, Russia. That's how you know that, that, that the media is so in, can influence Oh, everybody so quickly because nobody even talks about COVID anymore. Nobody even cares about COVID anymore. It's all, oh, Russia's the reason why gas prices are higher. Russia's the reason why inflation is going up. Russia, Russia, Putin, Putin, Putin. And it's like, wow. And now everybody's just, now you got all these liberals who won't even stand up to take a mask off or do anything to, uh, to stop Bro, the government. They won't even go to Ukraine right now. I listen, want to go to Ukraine and fight. Hold Let's on. Go, me... I got to say this because I was in the army like, they, they, they will straight they won't even join their own military when they're talking like they'll stand up for ukraine so well that's what as, i'm saying as dave like, was saying how fast the media moves through the, the as, as, as dave was saying and as jason knows and, and as most of our listeners know the new world order is already here right now what me and dave and jason are, are discussing is the one world religion they're trying to create i think that's the next step in this process but um go, yeah but we can that, already that, tell it's 100 right why, why have god in the country when you could have their version of God and they can lead you to hell easily. Cause mm-hmm. you start, believe, you start listening to their doctrines. You start going to their churches and you're like, Oh, these guys are so smart. They know the, they know the Bible in and out. They're so smart. They talk, but they're not even there. They quote some parts of the Bible. And they start teaching moralistic, you know, works type of stuff. Yes. But I would say, Dave, do you think that, uh, do you think that a lot of Bibles, which Bible thing is the best to read if you're going to get the closest to the word? Well, I, I believe that the Texas Receptus, if we're talking New Testament, Texas Receptus, so there were only three translations made off of that, which is the Bishop's Bible, the Geneva Bible, and the King James Version. So I think the King James is a little easier to read. I have a Geneva translation just for a reference, but it's very difficult to read because it's still written in uh, Old English. But those three, the modern translations all come out of the same conspiracy. You had Westcott and Hort make up their new Greek Testament and all the new translations come off Westcott and Hort's uh, 
translation, which comes from study the Study those guys. Study those guys, guys. If you want yeah, to... which comes from the Codex Sinaiticus and the Codex Vaticanus, okay? So the modern translations are not only come from the corrupted Greek text that this Frankfurt School, Freemason, Illuminati, this whole group, uh, it came out of their group and it's injected with all kinds of new age terminology instead of a lot of times Jesus name is taken out and put the one or the light, you know, a lot of new age stuff like that. Um, now, I'm glad you brought up Yuri Bezmenov because you remember the portion where he says, uh, you know, that the people that are in charge, they're just useful idiots. Basically, he goes, when when they finally are used they think they're going to come to power, but he goes, they know too much and they're going to be lined up against the wall and shot. Remember him saying that? Yes, exactly. Yes. yes. So in, in Adam Whitetop's writings, he's saying the same thing of all these secret societies and this whole current system that they built. Uh, he says here, a Weistop's revised version of the protocols says exactly how Masons suspected of knowing too much shall be disposed of. He sets forth clearly how all forms of masonry and other secret societies are to be abolished once the leader of Luciferianism is crowned king despot of this world. So uh, mm. they use these systems to come to power. And this is part of the dark new world order. You have the dark new world order, and that is the great reset and all the things I explained before, and it's going down. It's, it's exactly what Weistop was saying. It's exactly what Pike is saying. And they're going to try to eliminate. So they got two dialectics going in this third world war, Judaism, Zionism versus uh, Islam and Christianity versus atheism, right? That battle's and, been going for quite a while, and, right? And guys, we, also World War II, many guys got to look into that too. Um, a Catholic church, uh, Bishop met with uh, Hitler. Uh, there was actually a nun that actually spoke on this and uh, the Vatican helped uh, fund the, the Nazis, man. So look into that. That's the Jesuits. Uh, so you know that the Freemasons are behind that as well. Franklin well, D. Roosevelt. The Pope, the, the, the Pope the, the, not this Pope, the last one before that was head of the Inquisition back in the day, dude. He was like, he, come on, man. This guy was a, he's, this is hilarious, dude. I just get it. It's like, why do you think there's a, why do you think there's a Catholic church on almost every corner where you drive around it? And, and as, as Dave, the, the devil owns that part of the, that, that, that area, you understand? Like, this is like what the John Ramirez says, go look before you go move somewhere, look, research what's where, where that place, like kind of like where it comes from, what's their, their, their status and what they, where they started from, because they, they're everywhere because religion is not only, you know, for in the God game and in, in the religious game, it's in the political game, it's in the economical game, it's in everything. So they, they don't they don't want to lose on that front. So they have one on every corner. That's why you don't have just Christianity. You have Lutheran, you have Methodist, you have all these different things that they all believe certain little things, but they don't really they don't really believe fully. So you're not really having church at this at, at these churches. You're just having people that disagree with each other, at, at this, and uh, that's not good. Yeah, as I agree with, right now we all agree right now. So I feel like we're having church right now. This is this is a this is a form of church for me because I'm going through the word and I, and I agree with a lot of the Dave saying right now and probably 100% I I like I like what he's talking about right now. I could I, I like the I like the, Dave you're a smart dude, man. You yeah, you have done some good research, man. Yeah. For sure. All right. So 
So get this. This is a this is a pretty good one with the Catholic Church. So the Catholic Church and the Pope currently they are part of the dark new world order, right? The Pope is basically everything that comes out of his mouth is great reset agenda type stuff and yep. pro vaccine and pro all For that sure. stuff. Uh, he, the, the Pope is nothing more than a Joe Biden. As much as power of Joe Biden has, that's what the current Pope has. He's just a puppet. And uh, here's, now I'm reading out of uh, William Carr's book called Satan Prince of This World. And it's, it's in digital format. You can find it online because it, it was written uh, you know, 60, 70 years ago. And he's quoting, uh, he tells about Weishaupt here and the Catholic Church. You guys will find this interesting. Illuminism was running hogwild in Italy under various names and disguise. It was aimed at the destruction of the Vatican because it was both a spiritual as well as a temporal power. The Italian Illuminists reasoned, how can we destroy all governments and all religions if we don't, first of all, destroy the Vatican? But this line of reasoning was not in keeping with Weishaupt's plans, as we prove. Italian Grand Orient Masons and Illuminists had not been infiltrated into the full secret, right? Mm. Only the people at the top know the full secret. Yeah. According to Weishaupt's plan, as had been confirmed by Mazzini, Pike, Lamini, Lenin and the Vatican is allowed to survive and to control nearly 500 million souls until those who direct the synagogue of Satan decide it is time to involve all Christian people in the final social cataclysm with all people controlled by atheistic communists. For this reason, Weistop hurried to Italy to prevent the premature destruction of the Vatican. Nearly 100 years later, Pike had, a, had to take similar action to prevent first Manzini and later Lemmy from upsetting the synagogue of Satan's plans by doing the exact same thing. All this proves that only a few men who comprise the high priesthood of the Luciferian creed know the full secret and how their conspiracy is intended to reach its final goal. Mm. So I'll break this down here in a couple minutes, uh, but being raised in dispensational uh, type church and you guys too, you'll, you'll find this quite disturbing. Uh, Going back to the Daniel 70th week, that's Antichrist eschatology to remove Jesus Christ out of Daniel chapter 9 and inject Antichrist in there. So that is the eschatology of Antichrist. Now, they invented that, that stuff, and, they're, and then all the kingdom promises from the Old Testament by doing that, by saying Daniel's 70th week is future and the Davidic covenant is not fulfilled, all the kingdom promises in the Old Testament are then unfulfilled, which Peter and the New Testament authors are saying are fulfilled. Mm. So then they can go back to some of these prophecies and then try to see if they can fulfill them with like it's a game. Now, the dark New World Order, Great Reset, Klaus Schwab, Anthony Fauci, they're all going down. It's obvious to a lot of people. They will eventually go down. They won't go down until they burn the harlot system up, Revelation chapter 18, okay? And then they're going to pin all of that on those guys, okay? Yeah. And those guys are just actors and puppets. They may even come up with a fake, a fake Antichrist to play the dispensational part of the Antichrist. Then the true doc, this is their plan. I don't know if the Bible is actually going to allow it to go full scale. I think it will. Well. Oh. That Lucifer Dude. will come, They're... but Lucifer is not going to come as who he thinks you think he is. He's going to come what the book of Revelation says he is, the lamb. Mm. Okay, 
is going to come as Christ, as a false Christ, uh, redefining the Jesus. Strong delusion, maybe. The strong, strong delusion of Thessalonians, right? Huh? So they're wow. they're going this, and this is the dialectic that Pike, Weistop, and all these guys laid out. Okay, a lot of a lot of writers exposed it, but you got to go back Gosh, into the 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. Oh, Modern gosh, day, not guys are talking about it. So Dude. dispensationalism, and, and and I'm being a little rough here. Dispensationalism teaches antichrist eschatology and it teaches an antichrist gospel because it denies the davidic covenant and the lordship of christ in theology right so now when i show people the scriptures and dispensational people the scriptures and they see it some of them get very offended because modern day israel is their their god and the god behind modern day israel is their god uh, but other people, they come out of it. I've talked to both my parents who were Christian Zionists their whole life, and, and they both saw the scriptures. They said, well, you're showing us the scriptures, and it makes sense. When yeah. I showed the scriptures, Dude. it made sense. My friend my friend at work, I was telling him what that whole thing is based on, and he was just like, because he's, he knows about, dude, he's a very deep, uh, deep researcher, truther and he knows about all this stuff you know like about the 1948 he knows about all that uh what the you know what the what the Rothschilds did and donating the 144,000 acres and which is an interesting number right 144,000 right man that's that's like the 12 tribes of Israel but anyways um uh it's just uh oh man he was just like what like when I was telling him I was like you gotta listen to this episode dude like especially this one right here I'm gonna tell him to listen to this one too because even right now, you're kind of blowing me away because I'm like, my goodness, because, uh, th- you know, the third temple is going to be built soon, man. And everybody's like, actually, they're going to build the third temple and it's going to look just like everything, like, like it's going to be playing out, like you're saying, man. And uh, people are going to be like, all right, the rapture, here we go. We're going to get raptured. All right. When are we going to get raptured? Right. They're going to be waiting for that. And, and, and everything's going to start. Well, maybe we're just maybe we're just going to be after the three and a half years. Maybe we're going to be post. Maybe we're not going to get raptured. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. the, the rapture in, well, the rapture passage of first Thessalonians chapter four, that happens at the second coming of Christ at yeah. the second coming of Christ. We're caught up in the air with him. Now we're caught up in the air with him as he's coming. Mm. So he's coming down to resurrect all you get your second coming doctrine of Christ. Correct. And you're going to get the right Christ. Christ is not coming to sit on an earthly throne and an establish an earthly kingdom in this physical world. Okay. If you read Matthew chapter 13, Matthew chapter 25, Jesus Christ returns in flaming fire. Yes. Resurrects all the dead as a judge and he yeah. judges all. Yes. So resurrect all the dead and judge all. Yeah. If Jesus comes back and doesn't do those things, and he's going to sit on a fake throne in a fake earthly Jerusalem. It's a fake Christ. You so, know why I agree with you right now, Dave? Because in the in the New Testament, it says that uh, it, it says that he will sit on David's throne inside the. But David's throne didn't exist at that time. So why would they talk about it? It's, this throne was way before way before in the Old Testament. It's, this throne didn't exist in the Roman times when when Jesus was 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 uh, doing his preaching and stuff. So. That that is, you know, you you man, you, I just just blew me away right now, dude. I I I got it. I feel like I got it now. Well, I didn't get it is, before, but I got it. Now. Awesome, wow. awesome. 
Hey, give, put a big smile on my face right there, Jason. It's so taken, it's taken, David, I'm just like sitting back like, oh my God. Because it makes you me, believe, because it no. makes you take the I first and he cries yeah. as the Christ. Because like you said, he comes as a lamb and it fakes out a lot of people. And like you said, they start believing, oh, we're not going to get raptured. We're not going to get raptured. And then once they don't get no. raptured, they take the, they start going, well, maybe God doesn't even exist. Most most people that believe in the rapture and Christian Zionism took the vaccine. Okay, so these guys are going to burn down the dark new world order, which is the harlot system. The harlot system is going to go with it and it's going to get all the blame for all this bad stuff so they can usher in their true system. Okay, the name Rothschild's going to go. I mean, they invented the name Rothschild anyway, but let's get back to David's throne because David's throne is very important. The Davidic covenant is David's throne the kingdom, right? All those things together. So the Davidic covenant is David's throne and the Davidic kingdom. So the messianic kingdom of the Old Testament is the Davidic kingdom. And that is the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of son in the New Testament. Okay. So you got to get that. Mm. And uh, David's throne, it didn't even exist in Solomon's time. Solomon sat on a different throne. So if you want to get really literal, David's throne hasn't existed since he sat on it. And then David's throne, people sat on the theoretical David's throne all the way up till Judah was conquered by Nebuchadnezzar, right? And when they got carried off into Babylonian captivity, David's throne never returned. So, but if you read Psalm 89, David tells you that the eternal throne that Christ was going to sit on is a heavenly throne. It's a heavenly throne. Yeah. It's the throne over the whole universe, which is the one Lucifer wanted to sit on in the first place. Lucifer yeah. didn't want to sit on an earthly Israel throne. He wanted to sit on God's throne. Above, the, the, above the firmament. All right, guys, above the firmament, looking down, man. That's it. That's what it is, man. It's not, it's not a, ah, that's another part. I think that got it, twisted for it, sure is the actual creation story. Guys, I know everybody's going to go, oh, you're going back. But hey, listen, the creation story, if you read it word for word, even just 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 Genesis one through nineteen, you could find out that any everything that we're being taught through all these pastors and stuff is there's no it can't be true because the Bible doesn't say it is. So that's another thing, man. And and I'm not trying to say the Earth is flat, okay? I'm trying to say that it's. I'm trying to say we're not spinning. You know, I, I mean, I feel like it's flat, okay? But I'm just saying the Bible is, is talking about a firmament, talking about God's throne above it. There's waters above the firmament. And above that is God's throne. That's the third heaven, okay? And that's another thing that got twisted. Go to your pastor and ask him this question. Pastor, what's a firmament? And he's going to go, I'm not apologetic. So ask the ask my apologetic, you know, ask him. And he's going to pass it around. Call any church in America and get him on the phone and ask him, Pastor, uh, what is the firmament? He's going to say, oh, it was a canopy that was around the earth and it caused the flood. And then, oh, really? Well, I thought that the moon, the stars, and the sun were in the firmament. Anyways, I don't want to get all uh, all flat earthy, but yeah. Anyways, go ahead. Well, go if ahead. you, re I got I got a point to make right to prove uh, Dave's uh, point of this whole show in in Jeremiah twenty two thirty, the Lord puts a blood curse on David's throne that anybody the descendant of Jeconiah will will not prosper on that throne. He says. He says, uh, write ye this man childless, childless, a man that shall not prosper in his days, for no man of his seed shall prosper on the throne of David. 
So if you think about it, there's a blood curse on that line. So whoever, so Joseph and Mary both come from the line of David. So if you read, if you read in the New Testament, the 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 uh, actual uh, their, um, I forgot what it's called genealogy. Their genealogy. Matthew goes through all the way through the, the whole Jewish side from Abraham all the way down, but Luke goes through Mary's side. Okay. So that, that's crazy because there's a, there's a blood curse. So how could any man could uh, prosper? He's already, he's already cursed that, that line. So how, do, how does that happen? Ask me that. You got to have a bir- you got to have the virgin birth, first of all. And the throne of David is, is an earthly throne. So that is cursed. Yes. But the throne of in heaven, that's not, that's not cursed. Obviously, that's, yeah. man, that's, that's a good point, man. I, I just thought about that right now. <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Go ahead, Sorry, guys. I, I went off. That was, I just saw that. Uh, I was just thinking about that right now. My bad, dude. <laughs> so one, one more point I would like to tie this, the David thing in. And when you go to Revelation chapter three, verse seven, and we're going to talk about the Philadelphia church. I mentioned this prior, but I want to tie it into the art, this conversation here. Um, the Philadelphia church had no negative things said about it. Two times Jesus says, you have kept my word and have not denied my name, he says one time. But in the first verse, he says, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, these things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, shutteth and no man openeth, right? And we know that that's found in Isaiah chapter 22, verse 22. We covered that in the last episode too. Mm. This key of David is the key to the Davidic kingdom. And it's the key that unlocks all the Old Testament scriptures of David. So if you search in all the prophet books uh, from, you know, Psalm forward, anytime it talks about the Davidic king and the kingship, except for in Jeremiah in a few spots, because Jeremiah is written uh, before the destruction of Judah by the Babylonians. But for the most part, most of the kingdom promises, the future kingdom promises to David, to the Davidic kingdom and the throne of David are to Christ. And Christ is right here in Revelation chapter three saying, I have the key. I have the key of David. So he has the key to the kingdom. He has the keys of the kingdom and he opens it to whoever recognizes him as the Davidic king. So uh, the systems that we grew up in, they, they reject it. So I, I wanted to make that clear to you guys. I think you guys can see it. And uh, uh, Acts chapter two is a phenomenal uh, five minute sermon that Peter gives at Pentecost. And he tells you Christ is sitting on the throne. Mm-hmm. This Jesus God has raised up is both Lord and Christ. David, he's over there rotting. This is Jesus. He's not. He's on the throne. He's sovereign over all things. So uh, one other thing I wanted to read from Carr, he had said in his book, because I mentioned this last time, it was my theory, and I ended up reading this book uh, about a week ago, and he said he wanted to prove, we are trying to prove that Christ defeated the Luciferian conspiracy here on earth as he did in heaven. We are offering evidence which indicates we are living in the period of the world's history when Satan was released from the bonds which which Christ had bound him for a thousand years. So very key there. Um, 
if you if you go to your different viewpoints, premillennialism, postmillennialism, and amillennialism, I think only one is really scriptural, and that's amillennialism. Christ is ruling and reigning. Satan was bound at the cross, and I think we are living in the age where Satan was let loose, and Gog Magog, which is this whole conspiracy, went out and deceived the nations. Mm. Uh, the nations are, are clearly deceived, but now yeah. we're at the end of it where they're going to burn it down, and that's mm. in the Bible in Revelation chapter 17 and 18. The harlot. It's also the harlot. in their own writings. They say they're going to burn it down yeah. through this dialectic, right? And I don't view just atheist communists as being a bunch of people in Russia or China. I view almost all the people over there running our government in Washington, D.C. as atheists and communists, right? Of course. Yeah, or Luciferian oh. communists, man. I, I, I believe that they're, you know, they're all, man, you could see it, man. But uh, you just got to dig, man. If you guys want to know, you just got to dig. Uh, I know we all feel America is, 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 you know, the brave. I think the American people, I love the American people. I went to the military to die. I would die for the American people. I would die for God. I would die for Jesus. But I wouldn't die for these politicians. Not one bit, you know. And I know what that, especially since now that I've researched so many of them. Oh, it's crazy, man. It's crazy, but Dan, very interesting stuff, though. I, I love it, man. Uh, so I could say one more thing about Carr here about United States since you brought it up. Go ahead. Uh, he says in uh, on page sixty of this book, uh, Weistop, after he was banished, remained the devil's agent in human form. He directed the Luciferian conspiracy so that it developed into the great French Revolution and others, including the American Revolution. We will deal later with the reason Weishaupt's plan required the United States of America to become the greatest, the last great nationalistic world power. Okay, so, and I've said before, I think America is the military arm of the beast system. So, of course. Uh, I, then, I love I love the people of America and I love America as far as the people, but this yeah. conspiracy and their use of it is just wrong. And America has invaded and killed more people in more countries in the 20th century than any other country in, in, in the world, you know, so let's let's, let's do this. Let's do this, guys. Everybody says to stand with Ukraine. Uh, I was in the army, man. We bombed like seven countries in the last 20 years. You know, we've, we've, you know, we've done that and, and nobody says anything, but Russia, they, they did this stuff with Ukraine. I don't know if it's a show, whatever they got going on, but, and, and everybody's like mad at Russia. So that's what you're talking about. I mean, it is the arm, I think of the Illuminati. I think the banking system is the city of London. The Vatican is the religion or the spiritual part. Um, I think that is, if you dig and dig and dig guys, you'll find that there's, there's some, definitely some truth to that. We're going to do like an episode on the, the committee of 300 and black nobility with uh, Gary Wayne. So we'll get real deep into that type of stuff. Um, and I think uh, at some point I want to do one on the council of 13 and, and, and try to get dig into that, you know, and that's all stuff that's, you know, in depth hard for me to 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 peel back the onion i need gary wayne to help me with that <laughs> it's it crazy now the the gist of it the gist of it is that all these all these organizations according to weistop they're all going down with this dark new world order so they're going to turn the world into a total crap hole at some point and burn down the harlot system now all these freemason pastors you know as you alluded to uh billy graham well franklin graham Al Mohler, all your top guys, Jerry Falwell, all those guys, they supported 
you know, Focus on the Family, Gospel Coalition, all these groups supported the government and the vaccination of the people. So, yeah, uh, I know. Uh, look at, I let, we have a radio station 107.9, man. Uh, and I love, I love, I mean, don't get me wrong. I listen to it. Remember I told you, dude, some yeah, of that stuff for, is in, they don't, yeah. they don't say the right stuff on there. I know. I know for me, uh, like when, I, when I'm driving, I used to listen to obviously before when I was secular, you know, rap music, I'll listen to Eminem, 50 cent, all this, all this garbage going in my brain. But when I became, uh, you know, born again, saved, I, I would, I would have that station con playing constantly, but my mind was not breaking it down. Like, like it is now. Now when I hear stuff, I go, ah, especially now that Dave is like teaching this, this stuff to me and, and, um, you know, God's revealing this stuff to us. Yeah. Sometimes I hear stuff and, and, and I also know about focus on the family though. Yeah. And there's some stuff with that gentleman where, uh, you know, and I, I don't want to put it, bring it to, to, I don't want to say it on here cause I'm not a hundred percent on it, but there's some stuff I heard about, you know, they're, about they're, that, so. yeah, they're oh. tricky. They're tricky. I watched a documentary the other day on dispensational heresy that was the title and it was a whole group of young pastors in baptist churches that were bad-mouthing dispensationalism and the creators of dispensationalism and the guys that pushed it bad-mouthing uh, schofield larkin ruckman and uh, john darby and they never exposed daniel's 70th week or the davidic covenant which are the two rotten roots of dispensationalism Mm -hmm. So it was a controlled op. It was 90 minutes of these guys bad mouthing the founders and the system, but still able to retain these ugly roots within their theology. So that's mm -hmm. what you're up against. I mean, there is controlled op on this stuff uh, everywhere. So just remember dispensationalism, the biggest rotten root is the inversion and denial of the Davidic covenant being fulfilled. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's easily refutable with Acts chapter two. I mean, there are a million places, but that's like the best place to go to because it's the first sermon at Pentecost, and that's the subject of the sermon. So beware. There are a lot of people bad-mouthing dispensationalism, but they'll never tell you what the root is. Okay? Yeah, I never even knew until you told me about that, Dave. When, when I heard about the 70th week, I was like, I mean, it's not, it's not that I'm, you know, it's just, like you said, you know, I was a dispensationalist, and, and I was I was, I was learning from, from different, different pastors that I, I didn't think I was being deceived, but as we're getting uh, deeper and deeper and God's revealing stuff to us, it's, it's, it's starting to come to light, you know, which is good, but the bring, expose the evil, bring it to light. What I believe, this is what I personally believe, Dave. If, uh, if I was running a church, not saying that I would be the best pastor, but I would personally say this guys, well, I'm going to go over dispensationalism and I'm going to go over non-dispensationalism that way you get two different views, pray to God, and you choose which one that, that God leads you to. But I'm not going to say dispensationalism is it only, and this is it, and then just take that and run with it. Because the people are going to run with it too, because the pastor is the leader. He's the shepherd of the sheep. So the sheep is waiting for the information. So if they never tell you that there's, you know, there's different views on this, and that the 70th week of Daniel is this is the way we're viewing it, but there's also a different view. I believe that they should do that because then people can pray to God and, and they can study that for themselves and find out which way they want to go. Because man, it, I was obviously sold on the dispensationalist view. And then all of a sudden, Dave, he called me on the phone, started talking to me for about an hour. And I'm like, what, you know, what are you talking about? Like what? I didn't even know there was non-dispensational view because none of the pastors I was listening to would even mention it. And then the 70th week of Daniel thing, when you threw that at me in that episode, that was it. I was just like, 
the whole thing is based upon that. Oh my goodness. This is, you know, like how could they take this whole doctrine and place it just upon that part? You know, I mean, that's one of the parts plus the Davidic uh, covenant, but it's just like, Oh my goodness. Then everything started falling into place. Um, I just personally think pastors should explain both views so that the, you know, their sheep can, can go and study it for themselves and find out what they, they, God leads them to, you know? Well, a lot of pastors don't say, Hey, you know, uh, be a, you know, think for yourself, study the word and, and, you know, you, you find out what it means. Cause that's what God wants you to do. He wants you to do that. He doesn't want you to just listen to some guy going, this is what it says. And that, cause they've been reading it and they've been taught the same thing. And their dad's been taught the same thing. And their dad's been taught the same thing. And if you think about it, it just, if you start believing in a man-made religion, you start to just slowly drift away from what God really wants you to be doing. And that's, and then you start judging everybody else. Like, Oh, you're wrong. You're wrong. You know what? Study for yourself. And like you said, pray to God to ask for discernment, you know, ask for the Holy spirit's help and, and really, really uh, get into it because I never read it. Like Dave's reading it. Like if you read it, uh, acts, people probably read that part and just like, Oh, that just means that God, Jesus is, uh, is going to be on David's throne. And, and, you know, they don't think about that. It doesn't say that. It says he's already in the throne in heaven. He's, he's on the right hand of God. Yeah. Not, he's nowhere on the earth right now. He's Stephen saw him already at the right hand of God. So, I mean, when, when Stephen was, so, I mean, that's, that's actually in the Bible. So he's read the, the scripture right all the way through. Just don't take yeah. a part of it and make a religion out of it. Don't take uh, about two, 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 two little uh, verses or a chapter and base a doctrine on it. And then, you know, you know, flood your little market and make money. Well, if you do, here's the thing, if you do do that and then, and it's keeps getting passed down, then explain that to the people that this doctrine was came, came off of this. And this is what we believe here. Let's say Calvary chapel, we're dispensationalists, but there's also another view that's like this. Like, I, I believe they should open that up for people personally, but, um, so ahead, guys, Dave. so, uh, guys, Dave, we're like an hour. He wants to say something. Go ahead. Dave. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say you, you wouldn't make a very good Freemason pastor by giving both sides, but dispensationalism was a system as part of this Weishaupt plan, and, it's, and it was done by the Freemason pastors, and dispensationalism specifically targeted the conservative Protestants of denominations, right? So that's, mm. that's what it was targeting, and so that's why I focused on it, because it's the hardest one of the hardest ones to unravel because you can go listen to their sermons and it is truth, but it's not the whole truth. That's what they do. They just don't tell you the whole truth. And I mean, no pastor is going to go up there and go, the Davidic covenant is not fulfilled. And I reject that. And yeah. they just don't tell you, they just don't talk about it. So, and then their theology is such that it's not fulfilled. And then when you go to the writers that created the system, you'll find in their writings and you'll find this in the modern guys too, so I can go into the MacArthur study Bible and he, you know, I'll go right to Psalm 110 in his commentary and he'll say, this is not heavenly Jerusalem. This is earthly. And this is an earthly throne of David. And wow. this isn't fulfilled until he's sitting on the earthly throne. And he's saying, Jesus is destined to be King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Not now it's future. So you can go to the modern day writings and find the same things. If you know where to look. Yeah. That's interesting. And this is, this is a great episode. I think we're like an hour and a half in, uh, guys, this, listen to what, what was going on on the show. It's very interesting. Uh, anybody that is, uh, I personally go to a Calvary chapel guys, a, a dispensational church. Okay. 
I, uh, I, I also, I haven't gone to, I haven't gone to Calvary Chapel in a very long time. Yeah. I'm just saying like my pastor, I mean, I love my pastor. He's like one of my really, really good friends. So like what I'll do is when I work out with him, I'm going to sit and talk to him and discuss this with him, you know, and see what he tells me, you know? Um, Kick you I, out of, he's gonna kick you out of the church. No, 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 no. He, every time I talk to him about like flat earth or something like that, he just, he, he, he understands it. And he, you know, and also I talked to him about Christmas, you know, I told him, Hey, Christmas, why is there Christmas trees? What I, it almost feels like, uh, there's some type of, uh, thing that, that everybody that, that owns the Calvary Chapel church or, or, or has that banner, like they have to have certain things. I don't know if it's true or not, but you know, I see that they do, everybody does a certain thing. Even, even like Pastor Raul Reese over here at Calvary Chapel, Golden Springs, he has had a sermon about Christmas and how it's pagan and how he, you know, it's, you know, Mithra's birthday, Nimrod's birthday, all this stuff. But then behind him, there's still a Christmas tree. So I don't get it, man. Well, if you think about it, the groves, the Christmas trees, groves, those were for Baal. Like those were for, they they were high up in the mountains. They, 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 they worshiped high up there and had, they had, so where do you go get a Christmas tree from a giant grove where there's a bunch of Christmas trees. So that's, that's, it's just weird. It's a, it's a bunch of pagan lies. And then yes, don't let no man judge you for what holy day you hold. No, you could do that. That's fine. But you don't celebrate your, your ex-girlfriend's birthday on your wife's birthday. You know, you don't, you, or, you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't celebrate her birthday and then say it's, it's her, it's her birthday too. It's just not right. Yeah. So I think this is a great episode, Dave. I really appreciate you coming on. Any last words for, for the listeners? Uh, you'll be back on in a couple months. I know that doing something. <laughs> no, thank, thank you guys for having me. Uh, Jesus Christ is Lord, Lord of heaven and earth and uh, sitting on the throne over all things. Yes. Amen to that. All right. Uh, let's, let's end this in prayer. So father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for um, revealing these, those, these scriptures to us uh, revealing um, uh, you know, dispensationalist and non-dispensationalist views anybody that's listening lord uh if they have ears let them hear uh we know that the devil's trying to contort uh some of your word uh some of these doctrines that come you know have 90 percent truth 10 percent lie but lord we're looking for the 100 percent truth so please help us uh listeners and, and help us all the all the, you know all the body of christ help us to to start getting um getting uh, the energy to start searching for the truth and not just sitting here accepting it from pastors, you know, Lord, help us to uh, get off our butts and start, you know, becoming warriors for you and, and reading and reading the Bible. Help us to uh, get that energy, the Holy Spirit, Lord, please. Thank you, God, for everything you do for us. We really appreciate you giving us a clear connection and, and giving us the opportunity to even do this show. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, Dave. Like I said, thank you so much for taking your time out. I know you're on a ship right now. We really appreciate you, Jason. I appreciate you coming on after a long day of work. Uh, thank you, <laughs> Jay. Tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. Uh-huh, yeah, right, bro. Yeah, right, bro. <laughs> I don't know about that, dude. I'll, I'll you, might, you might have to do the you might have to do the magical <laughs> thing okay. on that one, dude. Because I'm 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 beat, but I'll I'll, no I'll get up just to tell you no. <laughs> just kidding. I don't no problem. Care. Well, thank you guys for listening. Subscribe, hit the like button, uh, share. Uh, And also, if you guys could, you know, if you guys listen to this podcast all the way to the end, leave a comment on YouTube. And then also, please leave us a five-star review on Apple. We really appreciate it. And we love you guys. And we appreciate you guys. Any, Any subscribers or future subscribers, I appreciate your time. God bless you guys. Thank you.